Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Uh, I I, I think I gave you, Landon, I gave you eight verses. We're just going to read three. heard this word before but it's just it's strange how God uh, uses different methods to to communicate what he wants you to say and this word tabernacle has been just going uh, with some other words and uh, it's a portion of a scripture I'm going to read this morning and it is the tabernacle of God is with men that is the part in Revelation 21 and Verse 3 is, is where that's found. But the word tabernacling, tabernacling, tabernacle is an Arabic, old Arabic word for tent. Uh, and tabernacling is very, very close to our word camping. And so, uh, but to hear, ta- I think a tabernacle, and I think a tabernacling, well, that sounds almost made up. Uh, but it's when you think about it being a tent, it's very uh, akin to our word, uh, again, camping. And uh, this this term for probably three weeks has just been going over and over in my mind. And I would just be driving down the road and say the tabernacle of God is with men. I was like, okay, you know. So I started looking it up in the scripture and I just knew it was going to be all in the Old Testament. But it wasn't. It was in the New Testament in chapter 21. And then, so what I had, I felt like God wanted me to preach today about tabernacling or camping uh, with God. Uh, and, and it was all really about God coming to earth, coming to earth, the oneness of God. But in the midst of putting this all together in the last week to 10 days, uh, God totally changed that. And, and as he does with me very often in the last two or three days, uh, he added so much that really had nothing to do with what I originally thought. But God's ways are higher than our ways. But I need to tell somebody today that God loves you and that God wants to be with you. Now, I don't understand why he wants to be with me. I don't don't get that, but he wants to be with me. My wife and I drove by, and boy, Chuck E. Cheese, you ever notice their parking lot on Saturday morning? It looks like the... uh, Electric Cowboys parking lot on Saturday morning, uh, or on Sunday morning. Uh, not that I've seen the Electric Cowboys uh, parking lot on Sunday morning, but I imagine what it would look like. Man, there's trash everywhere. And I thought, you know, I mean, how hard is it to put a cup in the trash can, you know? And, uh, and, and the Lord, as we drove by there, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's where I'd hang out, Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, now he'd put his trash in the trash can uh, but he said you know I probably wouldn't hang out at the country club I'd, I'd hang out at Chuck E. Cheese you know that Chuck E. Cheese uh, that's always on YouTube where the police are having to come and break up the parents it's never the kids that are fighting you notice that it's always the parents that are fighting but but the, the, the things that we look at and sometimes we can even disdain that's where God is And so that's what I want to talk about today. Revelation 21, 1 through 3. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there were no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, 
Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, if you get time, sometime read that whole uh, passage through there, 21, 1 through 10 or 15. Boy, it is powerful. He wipes away every tear. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. And so, uh, But I want to talk to you with the help of the Lord this morning, uh, the tent of God or the tabernacle of God. God tabernacling, God camping with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need you today. We pray that you would touch and move and work. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. I pray that your word would, Lord, run its course in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Uh, here in the book of Revelation, we're told uh, that the tabernacle of God is going to be with uh, men. Uh, and this is at the end time, but... Uh, this is not the first time because all through the scripture, God has been with man. You remember uh, way back there in the book of Genesis, uh, in the very first chapter, the Bible says in the cool of the day, the Lord would come and, and he started out with the very first man and woman and he began to, uh, to tabernacle or to camp with Adam and Eve in the evening time. And it should have been something about God that God has this affinity or this love for man. In fact, i got a scripture for you. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know what God did? God so loved the world that he camped out on earth. And he camped out for 33 and a half years. And he gave himself as a ransom for you and me. He redeemed us by his blood. Praise God. For God so loved the world. Uh, that he gave his only begotten son. That's John 3, 16. That same John wrote a little bit later in what we call little John or first John 3, 16. And listen to what he said. Hereby perceive we the love of God that he laid down his life for the brethren and we ought to lay, or lay down his life for us and we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. And what he's saying is God loved us so much that he came to earth. Amen. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. You know, uh, America is probably one of the least caste, uh, C-A-S-T-E, caste-type systems in all the world. You know, we get a bad rap. We get, we get a terrible rap for being prejudiced. We get a terrible rap for being this and being that. But uh, America, America is one of the few places in the world uh, that you can go from being a slave 100 years ago to being president. That, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in Britain. It doesn't happen in England. It doesn't happen in, in any of the nations in Europe. I'm telling you, this is one of the only places in the world that you can go from the outhouse to the penthouse in just a short amount of time. You can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do if you set your mind to it in America. And we're, and we're, we're very, very blessed. And, and, and God has made a way. I don't understand it, but God has made a way. But even without this heavily cast system, in America, we still have these uh, degrees of society, and certain people don't hang out with certain people, and certain people go to the country club, and certain people go to the Moose Club, and certain people go to the VFW Hall. But the VFW Hall group more than likely doesn't go to the country club, and the country club doesn't go to the Moose Club. So we have our own little caste system, and people don't hang out with people. But you've got a God this morning that'll hang out with you. You've got a God this morning that'll take his tent and he'll pitch it in your life and he'll be a part of your life. 
Amen. Let me read it to you. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Uh, and then skip down to verse 14. And here's something interesting. The Word became flesh. It wasn't flesh. It became flesh. The Word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. You know what the word dwelt actually means? In, uh, it's a, it's a uh, uh, Greek word. And that word is tabernacle. And, and so the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. The God of all creation came and he gave himself. In fact, in verse 15, John testified concerning him and cried out saying, This is uh, he of whom I said, he who comes after me uh, has surpassed me. This is a different translation. I apologize for that when I cut and pasted it. But the, the point is, he said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. And he said, uh, he's coming after me, for, but he was before me, praise God. In fact, it's written that he was the root and the offspring of Jesse. He was before David's daddy, and he was, and yet he came through the lineage of David and, and, and Boaz and Ruth and that whole group. And I'm thankful this morning that we've got a God that sits high, but he looks low. Praise God. In fact, Paul writing said this, said the mighty God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Praise God. So we are so blessed to uh, know him. And, and that's what I was thinking about this morning as we were worshiping. I thought, oh, if, if, if I and you and those watching, if you could come to know him as the camping out with us God, if you could come to know him as the God that will hang out with you. If you will come to know him. He's not a God that dwells in uh, buildings. Listen, uh, God is everywhere. God is in this building. He's at your house. He was at your house when, he, when you left. He was in the car with you uh, on your way here. And he was still at your house even though he was in the car. And he was here before you got here. And when you leave, he'll still be here. And he'll be in the car with you on the way home. And when you get to your house, he will already be there. But the Bible clearly says he doesn't dwell in metal or plastic of cars. He doesn't dwell in timber and, and lumber and sheetrock. God dwells in the hearts of men and women. Amen. We've got a God this morning. Listen to what Exodus 25 and 8 says. And let them make me a sanctuary. That's the same word, very similar to temple or to tabernacle. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Praise God. God wanted to be among us. Listen, when we come in, uh, we've got to understand. I have to understand. Uh, I, I know you can have things on your mind. I can have things on my mind. Uh, but if we will come in and when the music starts or even before, if we'll find us a place to pray and get in a state of mind. And listen, we, we can't just pray on Sunday morning. You know that. I'm, I'm not telling anything you don't know. But, but a lot of times our worship and our, uh, our devotion to God on Sunday is a reflection of what it's been all week. And so we got to spend time with him all week. We got to talk to him all week. We got to camp out with him all week. Take you some time every day and camp out with God because he wants to camp out with you. Listen to what he said. He said, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Praise God. 
I don't know why, but he wants to come to live with us. Listen, this is the Lord talking to Moses. And uh, I want you to keep in mind today that this was not uh, this was not Moses' idea. Moses didn't come up with the idea. God, I got a great idea. Why don't we build you a, a, a tent? And, and would you come down and spend some time with us if we'd build you a tent? No, no. It was God's idea. You know, that's what I stand on, on, on uh, 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 healing for the sick all the time. I stand on, listen, that's not my idea. When I go in to pray for somebody and every machine, they're uh, hooked up six ways from Sunday, uh, I, I don't sit there and say, well, you know, God, I, I came up with this idea that you may heal somebody. No, he put that in his word. That's not my idea. That's his idea. Amen. That's not in my word. That's in his word. I'm just standing on what he said. Praise God. So when I come in here, it, it wasn't my idea to worship him and he would draw near to me. He said that. I didn't say that. So I'm going to believe him that when I lift my hands, he's going to draw near. When I lift my voice, he's going to draw near. When I give him my heart, he's going to draw near. Here's what he told Moses. He said, Moses, if you'll pitch me a tent, I'll come. Praise God. Look at uh, Exodus 33 and 9. And it came to pass as Moses entered the tabernacle, the cloud uh, pier, uh, pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Exodus 49 and 34. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Oh, it's something about God. Amen. If somebody will reach out to God. If somebody will talk to God. If somebody will say, God, I want to spend time with you. That's all God needs. Listen to what he said. We don't knock on God's door. He knocks on our door. He said, behold, I stand at your door and knock. Amen. God makes house calls. Listen, Domino's wasn't the first one to deliver. I'm telling you, God has been knocking on doors way before Domino's. He wasn't the Avon lady that was the first one to ring a doorbell, but it was God. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Praise God. That's the God you serve this morning. You've got a God that wants to be with you. I have long said and I have long lamented at myself. You know, the Bible says, He that knoweth the good to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And uh, I've long lamented that God, had, men have given their life uh, to, to provide us this word, and I go days and don't read it. That is an affront to God. God wants to spend time with me, a lowly sinner. He will pitch his tent anytime. There are days it goes by, and I never enter into that tent. And so this morning, if we can just understand that if we will just get involved in the camping process with him, if we will pitch our tent behind, beside his tent, if we will enter into his campground, if we will get in his presence, that he will be there. I don't understand it. I don't know why the God of all creation, the God, listen to this, the God who says that the, the, the holiest among us, the person with the most righteousness among us is as filthy rags. Think about it. Then Leviticus 26 and 11, I will set my tabernacle among you. Listen to this. 
I will set my, I will come, I will set my tent in your camping area. And my soul shall not abhor you. You know what he's saying? I'm the holy God of all creation. And I'll come and visit with you. And I will love every minute of it. I won't hold it against you that you're sinful. I won't hold it against you that you are full of flaws. I won't hold it against you that you're full of failures. No wonder God is saying to us uh, that, that we have to. I, I want to say something this morning. This is the part uh, that, that the Lord spoke to me. And uh, I, I'll hold off on that just a moment. But I want to close uh, with this part that the Lord spoke to me. But I want to go to Deuteronomy 12 and 11. There shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause His name to dwell there. You shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithing, your heave offering of your hand, all your choice vows which you vow unto the Lord. Where do we bring it, God? We bring it to your camping spot. Jeremiah 31 uh, behold, the day come, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. He's talking about our day, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband of them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for we for shall, for they shall all know me, for the least and to the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. That was Jeremiah talking about this day. That the God of all creation, it was not going to be a, a tent any longer. But the God of all creation was going to enter. And he, the tabernacle was not going to be made out of badger skin. And the tabernacle was not going to be made out of some fabric. But he was going to dwell in the hearts of men. No wonder Jesus stood on that mountain. And he said, right now, he said, I'm with you. But soon, marvel not that I see, I will be in you. I've always wanted to be with you. I dwelt with you as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I dwelt with you as a tent at one time. Oh, but I'm coming and I'm going to enter into your life. Amen. I am the father of all creation. I am, but I am the Holy Ghost and I want to enter and dwell in your life. Praise God. Praise God. So this God of all creation wants to dwell with us. I'm going to tell you this morning. i tell you the two ways in fact, the Bible, a man came to the Lord, and he was a good Sunday school boy. He came right from Sunday school. And uh, he said, Lord, he said, I want to know what I need to do to inherit eternal life. And the Lord said, uh, he said, there's two laws. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, I've done that from my youth. He said, that's wonderful. Now go sell everything you have and come follow me. And the Bible says he went away sad. But listen to the two things. There's two things you've got to do. We, we skip this. You see, we, we get that first one pretty well. Oh, I love God. Uh, I, I love God. But there's a proof if you love God. It's like, I, I believe in Jesus' name, baptism. Or, or I believe that Jesus is God. If you do, get baptized in Jesus' name. Well, by the same... See, God always has to test whether you really believe what, what He said in His Word or not. And some... Some would say, well, I, I, I love God with all my heart, okay? Then love your neighbor as yourself. Because the Bible says, 
that those two are connected. They're tethered. You can't get away from them. And there's two tests whether you are spiritual. And number one is if you try to take God's place. And that is in judging people. When you judge people, you have ascended God's throne. Jesus himself walking the earth. A woman pulled from the bed of adultery. They're ready to uh, sentence her and to condemn her. And Jesus said, I refuse to condemn thee. Now don't do it anymore. But I refuse to condemn thee. I called you out on your sin. I'm asking you to repent. But I'm not going to condemn you to death. Because I'm not a judge right now. I'm a savior. And who are you and who are me to judge people and sit in judgment when God refuses to judge? That's one. But here's the one I want to talk about today. Did you know most of the time in Jesus' ministry, the, the, the bulk of the grief that he took from the Pharisees was because he hung out with people that he, they didn't think he should hang out with. You remember it? I just thought about it the last couple of weeks as I was working through this. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? They were just mortified that he took up for her. You remember Zacchaeus, the, the tax collector? And Jesus, you know, pulls him down from the tree, but just to twist the knife in the Pharisees and Sadducees a little bit, he didn't just talk to him at the base of the tree. He went to his house. In fact, they said one time, they said, we, we can't find Jesus. And the Pharisees, they seemed like the Pharisees all, always knew where Jesus was. And they said, well, we can tell you where he is. He's eating with the publicans and the sinners. You see, we'll know if you're spiritual who you hang out with. Now, we like to say we need to hang out with people, you know, Christian folks, and we do. That's good, that's good. But we need to rub shoulders with people that need God. And here's why. Somebody rubbed shoulders with us and influenced us to the kingdom. Thank God there was somebody that didn't think they were too good for me and they spent time with me and that's why I'm standing here today. And so we have, listen, if you spend all your time with Christians you lose sight of where you used to be and what needs to happen in the people around you. Now, I've been on a war path. Y'all didn't know it, but I have. Y'all, some of you may have read my, my, some of my stuff on Facebook. Uh, but I've been on a war path, and the reason I've been on a war path, it has nothing to do with this church whatsoever. Not, not, one, not one thing. But I had a good friend uh, that was attacked uh, and rumors spread on him. Uh, and man, I'm going to tell you, I don't know what it is about me, uh, but you, you start uh, from a position of strength and you start attacking people that don't have your same power. That just goes all over me. And I will not be nice. It just, I'm telling you, it, just, it brings out the worst part of me. 
and I, I have to fight it because I, I don't like people being bullied. I don't like people abusing places of authority. I don't like people that should be lifting people up and they're tearing them down. And listen, you can have a position. You can call yourself pastor. You can call yourself governor. You can call yourself president. You can call yourself presbyter. You can call yourself superintendent. But that does not make you spiritual. A position does not make you spiritual. I'm going to show you this morning what makes you spiritual. That you're the Sunday school director doesn't make you spiritual. A position or, or whatever. But again, I want to say, I want to reiterate, I'm not, we have not had one uh, problem in this church. So I'm not talking about anything here. I'm talking about uh, a friend of mine, and I'm talking about uh, a lesson that we need to learn that we there's one thing in being religious, and there's another thing in being spiritual. I want to read something to you. Galatians 6 and 1. If a man be overtaken in a fault. Now I want to stop right there and say this. And I, I didn't plan to air all this today, and I'm not going to get specific but it's just in my crawl, and i got to chew on it a little bit. I'm sorry. I've been chewing on it for about a month, and I'm telling you, i, I got a belly full. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. Uh, it's one thing for a man to be taken. The Bible says if a man is guilty, you're still to be merciful. I'm not talking about a man being guilty. I'm talking about a man being falsely accused and it not being true. But listen to this, if a brethren, if a man be overtaken, in, in other words, if he did it, you which are spiritual, not you that call yourself pastor, not you that claim to be something, not you that claim to have some kind of position, not you that whatever, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Why? Because you can find yourself in the same spot sometime. So often in our lives, we are so quick to pounce on somebody. We're so quick to pronounce judgment on somebody. Well, A, we don't know all the facts. And B, it's not our place. It's God's place. It's God's work. It's God's person. And we've got to hold them up. We're in the business. Listen, when they walk in these doors and say, well, I heard this or that about them. Listen, I, I don't mean to offend you, but I don't want to hear it. I've talked to other pastors before. And listen, I, one thing I don't do. If somebody leaves this church, they may be a bank robber. They may be, I mean, they may be the worst person in the world. I may have had all kinds of problems with them. But if a pastor calls me and says, hey, so-and-so showed up here, what do you think? I'm going to tell them everything good I can think of. And if I can't think of anything good, I say, you know what? Their hair, they sure got good hair. You know why? Because I want them to get a fresh start where they are. I'm not trying to destroy them the next place. 
I'm not trying to uh, them to start out at the bottom. But I've, I've talked to people before and they told me every hanging crime of people that was coming this way. And it, it spoke to me of their character. Now there's sometimes there's things that you if, if it's something illegal, if it's something that could be unlawful, uh, that could put people at risk, you, you have to uh, in some way at least warn in some way, but do that in the most positive way possible. But the, the goal should always be for us to restore people. When people fall, to restore them. When people fail, to restore them. Amen. Let us be a people of mercy. Oh, we have to have standards. Listen, uh, the Lord revealed something to, to me this week. There, and, and I've talked about it, but it really just came clear to me this week. Listen, standards is not holiness, and holiness is not standards. Holiness is character. Holiness is what's on the inside. Holiness is what is when nobody else is around. But I'm going to tell you something. I've never seen a church leave standards and keep holiness. I've never seen a church leave standards and keep the doctrine. You see, standards is not holiness. But what standards do, they protect holiness and they protect the doctrine. Uh, standards is offense around holiness. Standards is offense around doctrine. It is not, do it is not holiness uh, and it is not uh, godliness, uh, but it protects it. So, it is incumbent upon us to be spiritual. You know, I always know when I'm not spiritual. One, I know because I'm not praying like I need to. I'm not in the Word like I need to. But when somebody calls me, and they've got some juicy gossip. Now, I, I'm a person, I, I don't like gossip. I just don't like it. I've never, and thank God I don't like it. I don't like it, and I don't want to like it. But when I'm not spiritual, I listen to it. But if you call me and I'm prayed up, you're not going to like me when you want to gossip. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't want to hear it. I lost a good friend, about, and we hadn't spoken probably in five years, because he called me with some gossip, and I said, I don't want to hear it. I said it nice. I said it nicer than that. I, I sounded tough to you, but I said it real nice. He got offended, but I don't want to hear it. I don't, want to, I don't want to hear you destroy somebody else. I don't want to hear you uh, put your mouth on somebody else. I, I got enough problems without uh, adding to that, but here's the real reason. I've got a God that camps out with me. I've got a God that doesn't abhor me. I've got a God that will spend time with me and I'm full of faults, and I'm full of failures, and I'll never be perfect, and He'll still hang out with me. Listen to what Psalms 85 and 9. Okay, I'm off. I, I, my belly's not full anymore. I'm good. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. That means to respect. That His glory may dwell in our land. Ezekiel 37, 27. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. I don't understand that. God wants to be our God. God wants us to be His people. God wants you to be His child. God wants to spend time with you and me. God longs to spend time with us. I don't understand it, 
But I am so thankful for it this morning that God wants to camp out with me. I had a young man come to me years ago and really facing a lot of loneliness and just, just didn't have any friends. And uh, he said, I don't understand. He said, you know, everybody I want to be friends with, he said, just it didn't work out. And uh, I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to tell you how you can be sure to have friends because here's how we work. We typically try to be friends with people uh, that we feel like in some way have more on the ball than we do. We rarely want to be friends with somebody that nobody else wants to be friends with. You can test your spirituality by who you want to be friends with. My pastor, Fred Foster, would go to one of these sectional meetings. He was the presbyter or the pastor of the pastors in about 30 or 40 pastors in the north Louisiana area. And we'd go to these meetings and we'd walk in and there'd be Brother T.F. Tenney who was the district superintendent and there's all the muckety-mucks and they're all sitting at a table and I, you know, I'm, I'm with Brother Foster and he's a presbyter. So man, I'm, I'm like, man, we're going to go over and sit with Brother Tenney. And he grabbed me and said, we're not sitting there. And he'd survey the room. And he'd find some old pastor that had five people in his church sitting over by himself in a corner. And he said, that's where we're sitting. And he turned to me and he said this when we sat on our way over there. He said, son, there'll always be a crowd at that table. He said, you sit where there's not a crowd. And I believe that's what God is saying to us today. A friend, people listen, if you want to have friends, say, I don't have any friends. Friend somebody that nobody else wants to be friends with. You see, we like to friend up. We want to be friends with the head cheerleader. We want to be friends with the quarterback. We want to be friends with the CEO. We want to be friends with people who don't want to be friends with us. But what you do, you go find somebody that nobody wants to be friends with and you'll never lack a friend. And you'll be more like God than you've ever been before. When you're friends to the friendless. When you're merciful to people that don't deserve mercy. You know, while we can be friends, with be, be merciful to people that don't deserve mercy. Because that's us. I didn't deserve it, but he gave it to me. He gave me mercy. Galatians 4 and 4, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born of the law. Philippians 2 and 7, he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Being in human likeness. God who at different times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son whom he has appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. He really did love us enough. Almighty God became one of us. He did not send somebody else. But God came himself. He didn't send the second person in the Godhead. If you'd have been here Friday night, that would have blown your... I've been hearing this my whole life. But if you'd have been here Friday night, it would have blown your socks off what, what all he spoke. It was, it was awesome. 
He really did love us enough that he came and said, you know what? I'm going to camp out with the people that nobody will camp out with. When my mom and dad, we had a little StarCraft uh, pop-up camper. My dad loved to camp. My mama hated it. And I'm not sure still why we ended up going. She didn't like it. He did. So, but she'd give in to him and we'd go. I can't say I loved it. In fact, I probably felt more like her than I did him. In fact, I know I did. But my thing is, why sleep on a piece of plywood, on a piece of foam that thick, and mosquitoes getting in the hole in the screen when I can sleep in a king-size bed with central heat and air? Well, I tell you what, we don't have many campers in here, I hear. But you know what? Oh, we got a few. But, you know, my dad would always try, we'd, we'd drive around, boy, you see them, got their, uh, boy, they're all out there, and man, they're whooping and hollering, and they, you know, you can tell, man, they're, they've been there a few days, and they're, they're, they're tanked up. Dad said, oh, we don't want to get over there, so man, we won't sleep all night. And boy, you could hear them during the night, all night long. Boy, they, music playing, uh, Marshall Tucker, or whoever, uh, is that Marshall Tucker? What what is it? Uh, anyway, boy, y'all are y'all are young. Y'all don't can't remember all that stuff. Uh, but anyway, well, they'd be playing that music, and I mean, uh, having a time. And next morning, they said, "Boy, I'm glad we didn't. And we could still hear it. I'm glad we weren't over there." I thought about it this week about God camping with us. I believe if God had a Starcraft pop up, I believe He'd pull right up in there among them. He, it, I, they'd have been rattling his Starcraft with Sweet Home Alabama, throwing beer cans over on his on his camping site, because that's what he did with me. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't worth a bent nickel. He had no reason. He had no motivation. I didn't have anything that I could offer him. I had nothing to give him. I was like a thief on the cross. I didn't have a past I could give him because obviously it was a pretty uh, spotty past. And I didn't have a future like the thief on the cross. I didn't have an education. I didn't have anything to offer him. The thief on the cross didn't have a thing to offer him. Say, Lord, if you'll save me, I'll sure do good in the future because his life was ending. So he had no past and he had no future. And he said, would you just remember me today? He said, no, I can do better than that. I'm going to let you in my tent. You and I are going to camp together. You can get in my pop-up Starcraft and you can spend your time with me. Today, this day, you will be with me in paradise. That's the God we serve. If you ever get to know him, if you get past this stained glass, if you get past microphones and suits and ties, if you can get past the hymns and the praise and the worship and pews and everything else. And if you ever get a glimpse of who God really is, He can't get rid of you. You can have everything in the world happen to you, but you get an understanding. I've got a God that loves me and will camp out with me and will be there for me. Praise God. That's the God we serve. That's the God I know.